0: Guys, we're in the middle of the pandemic, and these are trying times. It's hard on our mental health, our mental state. And this is why I love our sponsor today, BetterHelp. They're the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. It's brilliant. Sign up today. Go to betterhelp.com backslash Solving Healthcare and get 10% off sign-up fees. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quedro Karamante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients and their families because inefficiencies, overwork and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Quadcast Nation, I am so excited to bring to you this episode with Jeremy Saunders. This man is legend. He's an actor. He's a producer. He's a TEDx speaker. Bad Boy's even a yoga instructor. And he hosts, he co-hosts one of the most... Profound, awesome podcast that you could ask for, Sick Boy, and uh, talking about uh, terminal illnesses and chronic disease, getting the perspective of, of patients and families. It's this, Honestly, the this show is incredible, and it's a true privilege to have him on the show. What we talk about is his experience with cystic fibrosis. He got diagnosed at about 18 months old and uh, really hearing his perspective on how knowing that he's got a terminal illness, how that has changed his approach to life, how it impacted his views on death, how he's embraced comedy and and the creative side for coping and and, and to create connection and um, the community he's built too, through the podcast and his platform. Honestly, this guy's special. He really is. He's got amazing energy, He's hilarious. As you're going to hear, we both have an affinity for Tracy Morgan. You'll hear about us talking about uh, ghetto mating calls and so forth. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit on the explicit side. So if, you, I mean, if you're in the car with your kids, you might want to save it for uh, uh, another day. But uh, this, is a, this is a special episode. So without further ado, Jeremy Saunders. Qualcast Nation. Yeah, 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 <laughs> man! I gotta tell you, this one is exciting. This one I've been looking forward to for about a month. Jeremy Saunders, who I got to appear on Sick Boy uh, not that long ago, and I, I don't know how we ended up meeting, but I feel like we're a match, boy. This is gonna be, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. And it, for those that don't don't know Jeremy, like we mentioned in the in the intro, actor, producer, podcaster, sick boy, Ted, Ted speaker. And, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, Why not And advocate why not? and, and agreed to go on, uh, on solving healthcare on the quadcast. And we're going to learn a lot on this and have just uh, a great conversation. So Jeremy, first of all, you know, I got to ask a bit of an awkward question. Cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. You Maybe we could just hear your story because, you know, you, this is typically a disease that you get diagnosed at an early age and obviously affects your perspective in life. And maybe just walk us through how you found out how it's affected your lives. Because I think, um, you know, cystic fibrosis, a lot of people have heard of it, but I don't know if they truly understand what it's, what it's like to live through, what the life expectancy mm-hmm. is like. So um,
1: if you could walk us through that, Jer yeah man So first of all, thank you for having me on the quadcast. Uh, <laughs> it is an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks, uh, I, 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 I might need to put this out there. Am I allowed to swear on this? Oh, you cuss away not that I'm going to try to, but <laughs> am I, I, you know I, I, I come from a family of Newfoundlanders, and my dad's got a sailor 's mouth, and it definitely rubbed off on me, so uh, oh. i'll try to be on my best behavior. but uh, it's a big question, you know like CF is um, it's such an interesting fascinating complex disease i think all diseases are pro- probably rather complex and, and and interesting and fascinating in their own ways um but cf is definitely one that comes with a a massive swath of um of of symptoms and and these like little quirks um that a, a lot of people just like have no no clue about um, mm-hmm. And I'm still to this day, like learning about them. And I'm a 32-year-old man. I've lived with it my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess like to take it way, way back. Um, it's a genetic disease. So, I was, I was born with it. Uh, my parents found out that I was living with cystic fibrosis when I was 18 months old. So, that's when I got the diagnosis, 18 oh, wow. months. Okay. Um, and I think, I, 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 don't, I don't entirely recall their, their side of the story. But what I think was happening was, I was... I was having trouble with my digestion as a baby. Um, and so that was what kind of like led them to, to inspect a little more. They, they were trying to get these tests done. They were living in Newfoundland. They, they, they were, you know, it was like over the span of um, a number of months, six months or so, where they were trying to get to the bottom of it. Actually, my dad has this crazy story where due to some of the symptoms that I was showing – It was like, you know, this was way back in the 1988. This was before Google. This was before people could hop on Google and like, you know, my baby's doing this on Google. What is it? What do they have? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. But there was like a variation of that in in the 80s um, that my my parents stumbled into. And it was like, because my mom was a nurse and she heard through the grapevine that like these things that I was showing, these symptoms I was showing could be... um, could mean that I was, I was a, a, a CF baby. And my mom was kind of like, she's very pragmatic. She's very logical. She was like, okay, well, I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. But my dad was kind of like, fuck, I think that's what it is. Like, I think my dad's not a doctor, not a nurse, not a healthcare professional, whatsoever. He works in autom- a, a, automotive parts, auto, auto sales. So he's like, he's convinced that, that I've got CF. And so he's kind of panicking and he's, he's, talking to, uh, he's talking to somebody who knows somebody who has a baby with CF. And this guy tells him, uh, my dad's name is Cobb. He says, Cobb, listen, I heard from my buddy that he knew his son had CF after he licked the back of his baby's neck and he tasted salt, like really intense salt. And my dad was like, that's what I'm fucking doing. So he went home, (laughs) he took me, he put me in the bath, washed me down, he got me really clean in the bath. And then he took me out of the bath after washing me, dried me down just to make sure, you know, like I wasn't like full of like baby sweat or whatever. <laughs> Got me nice and clean. Dried me up, licked the back of my neck, tasted salt and his heart broke. Like, it, like he knew in that moment, he went, fuck. It's oh, CF. Man. He told my mother, my, I, again, my mother was like, Cobb, you need to calm down. But then sure enough, uh, they did, uh, I, I, I guess they did a sweat test. I'm not really sure how they did it back in 88 in Newfoundland, but anyway, they found out I had CF and, um, very soon after that, my parents um, uprooted their entire life in Newfoundland and moved to here, where I'm at right now, Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is my, my hometown, um, to get closer to the IWK, which is like a, an astounding children's hospital, one of the best children's hospitals yeah, in, in the country. Yeah. And that was the beginning of my journey of living with CF. Um, you know, I, I've always known that I had it. I've never not known that I've lived with CF. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a pretty pivotal moment in my life was when I turned ten years old. Around ten, that was the moment that I that I learned or came to realize that cystic fibrosis was actually a uh, a fatal disease. My God! And I came to find that out on my own. My parents never told me. Um, the reason my parents never told me was because they were told by the the CF team at the time not to tell me. Mm-hmm. I think that was like kind of the protocol back then. I think that's changed now. But um, uh, yeah, so so I found out on my own and it totally fucked me up. Oh I read my. it in a pamphlet that was intended for my teachers to kind of wow. give them an idea of, of what it would be like to have a child with CF in their class. And that moment when I was 10, you know, that <clears throat> I think it was probably um, one of, if not the most, um, it was like it was the moment that shaped me into exactly who I was going to be like it was the it was the most pivotal moment of my entire life there was me before that moment and mm-hmm. what my life would have looked like um, if, that, if that incident didn't happen I'm, I'm not really sure but after that, after reading that pamphlet, it totally took my life and put it on a completely different trajectory, I think. Man, um, you're, you're 10. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 10 years old. It was really hard to wrap my head around. I, I remember reading it and going, actually, I, I talk about this in, in one of my talks. Like, I read it, and, like, at the time, I was, like, I was, I was a Mortal Kombat fanatic. I loved Mortal Kombat. And, you know, at the end of Mortal Kombat, you know, you're fighting, and you, you know, you unlocked smoke and you're, you're, fight, you're fighting like you're fighting jacks and you get it down and then it's like finish him. And then you press the special like button combination and you get fatality across the screen. So I knew what the word fatal was. I knew mm-hmm. what that meant, but then reading, reading the, like the, the specifics of like, at the time, what was written there was like, you know, the average life expectancy of someone living with cystic fibrosis is 30 years of age. At 10 years old, to read that and to think to myself, like, 30. Like, I'm, a, I'm already 10. Mm-hmm. I can only do what I've done this far in my life two more times, and then I'm dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like, the rug was just pulled right out from underneath me. And um, I think what I did uh, was was I buried it. <laughs> I took that info, and I was like, fuck this. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not worried about that. And I just, like... Stuffed it so far down, but what ha- what happened was that, you know, I ended up, I ended up harboring a lot of anger towards my mom and my dad for not telling me and never came to realize that until I was, uh, you know, until I hit my twenties mm-hmm. and it, it definitely took a toll on our relationship as I, like in my youth, you know, mm-hmm.
0: can yeah. I ask Jared, like number one, like as a 10 year old, like I can't, I can't imagine, like I, I got three kids and and our oldest is eight. And when he, I remember specifically him, when he started being more aware of the concept of death, he was, he was petrified. He was, he was scared. He was, had a million questions. And um, as a 10 year old, like I, like you feel like you're immortal. Like you feel like, it's not even Mm. a concept that Mm. you're, it's on your radar. Like you're not having necessarily people your age that are sick or sometimes grandparents maybe, mm-hmm. but like, I just can't imagine the headspace. And like, you kind of answered the question already, like you buried it, but was there anything that was, that was freeing or that, that helped, you know, come to terms with things like, or were you, was there someone to talk to? Was there anything that, or religion, like, was there anything that was, uh, that helped you, kind of, navigate through this that craziness
1: yeah not then not then mm. um not at that at that time unfortunately i mean it's funny like you say religion I, I was i was raised roman catholic and it was about around the time of like 10 to 12 it was around the time of my life where i started to um i started to completely lose faith
0: Mm-hmm.
1: in in religion and and started to see started to see it from a perspective where, where it just didn't really make sense to me but i do i do remember i mean i remember like i remember pre finding out that it was fatal and being sick and you know like being held home from school or being uh, sent into the hospital for for a, a lung infection and you know staying in there for two weeks on end or whatever. And I remember like praying, you know, like praying. I, I remember, I, I remember praying two times. I, I remember praying to a God or God, whatever I, whatever I, I, I had imagined was up there. I think I, I pictured like a pretty stereotypical, like white beard, big dude looking down like, you know, casting judgment and, and make, and causing miracles. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, I had two things. I was like, why, why mm-hmm. do I have this? And can you change it? And then I want to be taller. I want to be really tall. Like those are the two things I was praying for. Like I was like, I want to be able to slam dunk a basketball and I don't want CF. Like you, I mean, it doesn't have to be both. It can be one or the other. What? Yeah. But if you give me at least one of these things, I know you're real. And then, you know, that went long enough where I, where the miracle didn't happen. And I started to go, this is bullshit. Um, so, you know, the timing, the, the, that all that to say that the timing of my, of losing my faith kind of started coming around the same time that I found out that it was fatal. Wow. And again, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, and when I say I stuffed it down, like, I mean, I really stuffed it down. Like I, I, not that I was in the closet with CF. I was, I, I never, I never was in, I was never hiding it so much that like it was impossible to know. Like some people I know who, who were like closeted CFers for so long. Uh, my friend, Steph Stavros. I think she like first started telling people when she was in her thirties and it was, it's crazy how she hit it. Um, I was never like that, but I definitely was ashamed and I was definitely embarrassed. Like you'd never catch me taking my pills. I would be very sneaky about it. Yeah, I take like 40 pills a day. Mm. Um, I would never let anyone see me doing my my nebulizer, which you can see if I can get yeah. the fucking the white right machine there. in the back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So i w- I would never, um, I would never be caught dead doing that in front of people. Um, and you know, when I was hospitalized, I would try to come up with some sort of excuse as to why I was out of school. Or but it wasn't until I went to theater school. It wasn't until university. Um, when I started to explore all of my creative outlets and especially through writing that I started to see that there's a, there's a story worth telling here for two reasons. It's worth telling for myself to undo a lot of, a lot of pent up, fucked up tangled confusion and anger. Mm. And it's also worth telling because even though even though i don't know many people that have cf the hardships that i've been through are still relatable we all go through shit we all go through hardships we all have the things that we struggle to deal with and so in being open and sharing the the hardships that i've been through maybe it will allow someone to see the world through a bit of a different lens so that they can they can look back at the stuff that they've been through and find solace and find peace uh, with, with the the challenges that they've faced. So it, it really wasn't until I started to express myself creatively that I started to like find, um, find peace with that idea of like, yeah, no, I am going to, yeah, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. What the fuck? Who, who am I? How, like, I'm not special. Like I might die before most of my peers, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to die like pretty soon after, you know, mm. in the grand scheme of things. And so, um, yeah, that like, it was, it was around that time where I started to embrace the idea of death as opposed to fear it and hide from it and, and hate it. Well oh, man.
0: But I, I got to tell you, Jer- like without hearing the stories of the people you've impacted, I know you've impacted many lives. Hearing that perspective on, you know, death is a reality, you know, the struggles that you have gone through individually, whether it be CF, whether it be cancer, whatever it might be, you're not alone. And just being an example of facing it like in front of you and and, and using those outlets, whether it's creativity through – uh, the arts through its writing, through whatever it might be through dialogue through bio- blogging mm-hmm. like whatever it might be is 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 such an important example and and i i, I can 't imagine like especially with your platform, how many people have reached out and and told you how they 've impa- you 've impacted their lives man like i 'll tell you this much it's I, yeah, it 's like, astounding yeah like even it, you came and gave a talk to our, our palliative care group who you know, we see the death and dying on a regular basis. And I know, like, I know you've impacted us.
1: That's one of those things that, um, again, like I'm, I'm not a religious person. Um, but I, uh, and I don't, I don't believe in, um, in like fate or divinity or, um, or anything like that. But I, but I do believe that like we can find a purpose. I do believe that like, I don't believe I was put on earth for any particular reason. I don't think anybody's been put here for any particular reason, but I think we can create the reason why we should be here. Right. Mm -hmm. Like create the, 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 the purpose that you have in your life. And over the last like 10 years or so, it's definitely start. it, 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 I, I didn't know it at first, but it, I was—I was just unknowingly like forming this shape out of out of like clay, and and eventually I started to see what that clay piece was, and it was it was this, it was doing this, it was like, it was creating a life where sharing my own bullshit and encouraging others to share theirs mm-hmm. in the hopes that it, it it causes massive effect on a, a large group of people in many different ways and you know de- I think death is like death is kind of like the probably the peak like the number one theme that I try to relate everything to because it's just the thing that I've meditated on so much for my entire adult life mm-hmm. and w-
0: maybe if you got some examples in off the top of your your lid like stories that, or people that you've impacted um, just by you telling your story.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know, there's the, the amount of like, so sick boy is the the podcast that um, that's kind of like taking up all the energy in my, in my life mm. uh, in a really good way. And it's, it's the, the idea of the podcast is that we speak to people living with chronic or terminal disease for the most part. And um, with the intention of trying to find levity or humor that exists within that human experience. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. So like stage four cancer isn't fucking funny. Like that, that's not, that's not a funny diagnosis to get. That's not, that's not a funny. um, There's nothing fun or funny about that. But I argue that there is humor to be found within the experience of going through it. Mm -hmm. And, if there, if we take that time to try to root and it's it takes effort, right? To to mine for that humor, to dig deep and to find the the levity that exists there, it makes the experience a whole hell of a, a whole hell of a lot easier. Mm. And so, you know, with Sick Boy, we've spoken to, um, I think we've published over three hundred episodes now, mm-hmm. and. We've talked to everybody from, you know, people living with CF, terminal cancer, um, Crohn's, colitis. uh, We're speaking to someone with ALS later today, um, uh, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia. I mean, like, you name it, we've, we've gone there. And out of all those episodes, I would say for like, for every one episode we publish, we receive anywhere from one to 20 letters, emails, direct messages from people who have listened, who, who have been affected by it. So let's say it's on on average, we get and even go low, like on average, five, five messages per episode that we put out Mm -hmm. five times 300. Um, I'm not a fucking mathematician. You're a doctor. You can probably figure that out way quicker than me. I I went to 1500 school for god's sakes (laughs) yeah thanks um uh you know that's a lot that's a lot of people reaching out to tell you that something that they heard someone that they had listened to something had connected and i can't really think of one off the top of my head because there's so many but the, the the through line the 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 messaging that seems to be very similar throughout a lot of these people that reach out is like, Hey, I just want to let you know that the conversations that you are having on this show have completely changed the way that I relate to my own illness or have completely changed the way that I communicate with my friends or my family about my illness or completely changed the way that I communicate with my husband who's living with an illness. The thing that we that I feel like I'm constantly seeing is like it's changing the way that people are. It's changing people's relationships, whether that's relationship to themselves or the relationships with the people that they find themselves close to. And um, oh man, I just think I just like it. It makes me heart feel so rich. And let me fucking tell you, I don't mean monetarily because there's not much money in podcasting. But I feel so rich, you know. Like I feel, (laughs) I feel, I feel so wealthy, you know, to know that, um, to know that people are tuning in, and to know that it's like it's doing something really special for them. You know, and to know know that I've I've been a part of that. Absolutely, and like, and let me just echo
0: to Jeremy, like. The the magic of the show is you are allowing people to enhance connection. They're more connected. Mm-hmm. They're more connected to their illness. They're more connected to the people around them. They're communicating. Mm-hmm. Like I think people are having more authentic conversations with their loved one as a result of the, the, what they're listening to on Sick Boy. I, I got to tell you, there was one episode I'm, I'm, I should know – forgive me for I can't remember the the your, your uh, friend's name that passed but he had stage 4 melanoma. Oh, uh, uh, Leighton. Yeah, Leighton. And yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I was I was literally walking uh it was a the time where I was uh maybe a couple of days before I was showing up on your your show and I remember stopping in my tracks after a while just listening to a story and just I mean, just the way you guys are talking about him too, because the guy that sounded like he was, you know, like levity and comedy was part of his game, mm-hmm. and how he had it a good affects, sense of humor, yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah, it would stop me. I, I don't know why I'm going to get emotional here, but when, um, uh, when you when you when you expressed when he started to lose that um, sense of humor, like when. Like that's Ooh. when you knew things were getting serious, and um, yeah. I don't know where I went there, but I, I it just, it just just to say that it, it really it really hit me, and um, and hearing the, that story, you know, you appreciate you know the how the 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 show can get, create connections, how people have a better understanding of some of these terminal chronic illnesses, um, just walking people through this the experience. Cause I think people, you know, you hear a friend or a colleague, yeah, they have a terminal illness and they're, you know, they're sad cause they know they're going to die. But I don't know if people really sit with what it's like for that person, what they're mentally, spiritually, physically. Um, and just, yeah, it was just that hearing that story about Leighton, it just kind of hit me too. Like, and I live, like, like I said, I, ICU and palliative care. I see death on a regular, but it's just—it was such a—I don't know—it was just a, such a. Uh, it just hit me for some reason. I'm having trouble articulating at that moment when yeah. when you're saying like he that comedy that his sense of humor just seemed lost um, and just mm-hmm. I guess having to see you guys live through that, see that his wife see that uh, and they, did he have a kid? Did you have a yeah yeah yeah. Finn, a, a young, yeah. Oh man. Anyways, I I guess what I'm trying to say is the show's a gift and everyone needs to listen to this because, you know, um, I'm sure everyone's got a loved one going through something chronic or, uh, terminal. And so, um, yeah, I, I I think what you guys are doing is special, my friend.
1: Thank you, man. It really means a lot coming from you, you know, like it, um, yeah, that really does mean a lot. It means a lot. Um, I also want to, and we kind
0: of touched on it too, but I, I think it's worth once again, because I think CF and cystic fibrosis needs, it, it's good to increase the awareness of, of, of it in general, but you know, you've alluded to having to go to hospital in and out, but give a sense to the people out there, like what it's actually like. Cause you know, yes, you're going to be hospitalized. Yes. You got 40 medications. You got to take pills. You got to take a day but people like it's also important to to mention like these mm. are your breath yeah, yeah. it's an issue yeah. with breathing and so like <clears throat> on the day to day basis like what is that like for you Jeremy or over yeah. the years
1: yeah so you know um cf is it's a it's a genetic disease that that affects multiple organs throughout the body um and you know long story short, the, the body has this inability because of a, a genetic mutation. It has this inability to like clear out airway surface liquid or mucus. And that mucus buildup, um, it affects the pancreas. It affects the, uh, the liver. It affects, it affects organs all throughout the body. It affects my, it affects my, my, um, my reproductive organs even. Um, but really, it really, really affects the lungs for a lot of people that live with CF. So the two big ones for me are my lungs and my digestion. <clears throat> in terms of my digestion, <clears throat> my pancreas, um, which is the organ that uh, plays a big role in, in um, absorption of food, right? So it, it produces this enzyme uh, that in a, in a regular, uh, normal I shouldn't say normal or regular. In uh, uh, a normie, uh, someone who's, uh, uh, you know, some, some regular muggle uh, who, uh, who's, got, uh, who's, who's totally healthy, their pancreas is going to produce this enzyme enough that it breaks down the food. They can take the nutrients from the food and then they can like easily shit that food out typically. Okay. <clears throat> I don't produce that enzyme. So I got to take oral enzymes every single time I eat. And even then, when I eat, I'm still not getting, I'm still not like pulling in the fats that I need. I'm still not taking enough of the, the, the vitamins and the nutrients from the food. So I got to supplement that with vitamins and what have you. But if I didn't take those enzymes, it starts to build up like, you know, it starts to like bung up the the, the intestines. And so I've always had a, a bit of a, an issue with my digestion so much so to the point where I've suffered uh, intussusception twice. Um, once when I was in my teens and then once again in 2017. And in 2017, um, it was so bad that they actually had to go in and remove 70% of my large intestine. Um, and in that process, the surgeon, poor, poor surgeon, she, uh, she accidentally nicked my, my gallbladder. So that had to fucking go too she ruined my gallbladder. So again, and my gallbladder, my gallbladder, your gallbladder plays a pretty pretty big role in like helping you break down fats and stuff. So, um, that's definitely like been hard, you know, uh, losing a big chunk of your insides and then, uh, and then trying to like, trying to, as an adult, trying to like, um, find this new relationship to your body and how your body is now going to work now that, you know, a big chunk of the machine is gone. Then when it comes to my lungs, um, you know, the lungs, so what's happening is this buildup of mucus, it provides this uh, wonderful breeding ground for bacteria. And that can lead to, um, very easily lead to uh, lung infections. You know, a common cold in in the upper airway system can easily find its way down into the lungs and turn into something really, really awful like pneumonia. And so over, over a lifespan of, of infections and buildup of mucus and, and coughing, there's a, what happens to the lungs is, is fibrosis, scarring. So cystic fibrosis. It's, it's the scarring within the, the lungs itself. And that scarring leads to a, a decline in lung function. <clears throat> so, uh, currently, my lungs are are functioning. They're it's kind of been hovering over the last couple of years between uh, between low 60s, like 61, and mid 50s. And for people living with CF, um, you know, the CF Canada has uh, has has made this statement a thousand times before, but they they equate living with CF to to a normal person breathing through a straw. You know, so. So if you were to take a, a full deep breath in right now from an empty set of lungs, and that's 100% lung capacity, now imagine what that would feel like if you could only get in 50% of what you just took in. Mm. And that's me on a good day, right? People who live with CF who uh, who start to really decline, their lungs kind of drip, a drop down to 30, 20%. That's where you're looking at like, that's like end-stage CF, right? And for folks that are at that point in their life, um, there's really only one option. Well, there's two options, I guess. There's um, you die or you get lucky enough to get um, to get set up with a new set of lungs. Double lung transplant, is pretty common in the CF community. Um, it's saved a fuckload of lives over the years. There's a couple of people out there in Canada who've had two double lung transplants already. There's one lucky fucker out there who's had three double lung transplants. Hmm. Um, And it's not, uh, it's not a road that I want to go down. It doesn't seem fun (laughs) to have a, to have a doctor open up my chest cavity, remove my, my, a set of lungs that are, you know, garbage and then, put in some foreign lungs. Um, but that all could change uh, because there's this like really incredible drug that just got, uh, that, that exists in, and people can get their hands on in the US and the UK, uh, 16 other countries across the world. Right now it's not available in Canada, but there are steps that are being taken to get us there. And we're crossing our fingers that within the next year, Trikafta will be available for people that live with CF. Mm. Um, but Trikafta is like kind of this 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 pipe dream third option right so death uh, lung transplant or get your hands on Trikafta. and Trikafta, the it's a it 's a precision medicine it 's a, a a a modulator so it basically treats at the at the source rather than just treating the symptoms
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, um from what I gather you know the stats are pretty astounding but Uh, the average lung function increase for people living, people who get on Trikafta is upwards of like 20% increase, you know? Mm. So if I got that today, let's say I'm sitting at 60% lung function and I got an, all of a sudden a boost of 20% to my lungs. I haven't been breathing with 80% lung function. I can't remember the last time I would have been fuck 15, maybe. Mm. You know, like that, that I don't even know. I can't even wrap my head around what that would actually feel like. Wow. So on a day-to-day basis, you know, if if I'm having a good day, (coughs) a good day, I won't be coughing like this. On a good day, you know, I could walk by you on the street or I could hang out with you for the whole day and you might not even realize I have CF unless you catch me taking my pills. On a bad day, a bad day is really bad. You know, a bad day is like, Zero energy, hard to hard to catch my breath in, hard to breathe out enough air. Um, uh, uh, you know, really intense um, stomach pains. Um, feeling like super dehydrated. There's this other r- really weird thing about CF is that like, I don't my body doesn't get the signals to drink water <laughs> like. Hmm. I'm. Not, I like forget to hydrate, you know, mm. um, which leads to these like horrible headaches. You know, these like dehydration headaches. Um, so like the bad days, the bad days suck. The bad days are bad. But I think I, you know, I feel. I, I think that if I looked at a calendar, still up. To, I'm 32. Still, if I looked at a calendar and I, I did a check mark for the good days and an X for the bad days, I think the good days are outweighing the bad days right now. Mm. And it's because I've just been really taking care of myself. Staying up with my, you know, like keeping on top of my treatments. Um, I, you know, I do that nebulizer uh, on my desk there um, two times a day for about 45 minutes each time. <clears throat> like I said, I'm taking, you know, 40 meds, 40 pills a day on average. Um, physical exercise is like massively important um you know yoga's played a big uh, a a pretty big role in my life since uh since my early 20s and so having a a constant practice has been really good Mm -hmm. um yeah i you know the the and that all sounds really shitty and it all sounds and and it is it's not fun it kind of sucks but uh, one good, one kind of plus side, which, and I found this out when I was like 20, I think 20 years old, um, 97%, I believe, don't quote me, 97 or 98% of people that live with CF are infertile. In um, uh, and I found out that I was infertile when I was like 20. And man, I was so stoked. But to find out that like, I don't have to worry about uh, getting my girlfriend pregnant at the time. I was elated. It was such great news. So, uh, so, so that's one plus side to CF. If you know, nobody's if you don't getting want pregnant,
0: kids. no one's getting pregnant.
1: No, no. <laughs> oh my
0: god, I love it. Sorry, just in case that oh, this comes across really insensitive on the because you can't yeah, see, but we yeah. uh, we both have an affinity, like a love for Tracy Morgan. So we were both just doing uh, his ghetto meeting call. Um, and he loves, uh, just cause Tracy loves getting oh things pregnant, <laughs> pregnant, um, buddy, <laughs> that is, uh, it's a, it's a, a great perspective, I guess, uh, looking at the positive. I got, I got to ask too, but like, you know, cause it, it sounds like you got some great approaches to staying healthy right now. And I, there'll be a lot of people listening with, I think with chronic illness and disease and that, you know, are always looking at ways to, to improve their well being. So like how much of, you know, when it comes to going through all this, how much do you relate to, you know, the physical side, like the yoga side, how much do you relate to some of the mindset? Like, I know, you know, when I think of yoga, I also think of it as a being a bit of a meditative practice too. Like, um, like how, well, let me rephrase the question. Let me actually ask a question. How much mindset element of this do you find is allowing you to cope with all this?
1: Yoga is one of those great things. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm a certified yoga teacher and I've been, I was teaching for about 10 years. Um, I took my first yoga class from my wife. She taught me my first yoga class. Uh, she was just a pal at the time. And it blew my mind. And after becoming a yoga teacher, there's this, really, there's this really fun thing that you witness as a teacher. You're sitting at the desk and you have people coming into the studio, <clears throat> signing up for classes, right? And um, without fail, <clears throat> there's always a, a new student that shows up. And this person comes in, I was teaching, uh, I was teaching moto yoga. It's a, it's a, um, a chain of, of hot yoga studios across Canada down through the United States. Wonderful community. So it's hot yoga, right? We would get people come in, there's a new student. They would come in and they would say, Hey, <clears throat> this is hot yoga, right? And we're like, yep. And they're like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to sweat a lot. Yeah. hundred percent. Like definitely going to sweat and I'm going to lose tons of calories yeah i mean yeah it's that's that's dependent on like heart rate and stuff like that sure but and then they're like cool like is it gonna like help me lose weight and it's like well i mean this is gonna be good for your body okay so they're coming in there with this like i want to get fit i gotta get my beach body going i want to like look good i want to feel strong i want to be able to i want to be able to touch my toes like i it's it's all physical all physical all physical right you see that person you see that in their face you see that in their energy like i'm here to like get my fucking body jacked yeah they go in the studio and they're practicing that way they're practice like like they're breathing heavy and they're trying they're like looking around they're, they're competing with everyone they're, they're competing with themselves they're trying to like push their body push their body and then they leave and they're on like a one month intro right they come back like two days later the body's all sore they're like well, yeah that really like that kicked my ass like i'm ready for another one they come in they do the same thing same kind of like intensity you know but like you kind of you start to see like a little it's a little slower this time it's like they're like listening to the teacher they're listening to the instructor a little more then they go and they come back again a couple days later it's like they've slowed down a little bit more this time and they're listening to the teacher you can hear them now you can hear them breathing on like this consistent level then they go and then they come back and now they're like they're zoning in and the intensity drops every time they come over the span of this month and by the end of the month they sign up for like, you know, whatever they get the membership and then you like check in with them, like, you know, three, four, five months later. And the practice has nothing to do with the physical part. It's all the mental part. Wow. And they, what happens is like they get tricked. It's like this sneak, it's like this sneaky form of meditation that kind of comes out of nowhere and you're not expecting it. And then it grabs you and you're hooked and then you're in but there's this really great plus side to it, which is you actually are doing something really wonderful for your physical body as well. Mm-hmm. You're strengthening, your toning, you're, you know, you're, you're working on flexibility. <clears throat> you're keeping your joints in good form. You're keeping your posture in good form. It's good for your knees. It's good for your back <clears throat> all the while. It's good for your, for your brain. It's good for your mind. It's good for your soul. It's good for like, it's good for what makes you you. All yoga is, is moving, it's just meditation, but with with movement added to it, it's just moving meditation. And so, you know, why, why would someone like myself who lives with CF or why would someone who lives with diabetes or someone who lives with, um, you know, you name the illness, why should they be taking time? Not should, I shouldn't should anyone, but why why could they benefit from taking a yoga class or starting a yoga practice? Well, you got to keep your body in shape. You got to keep your body in form. This is your tool. This is what gets you around. This is like when this starts to degrade, everything else degrades. You know, you need to have the vessel to, to properly go about your day. But you also, especially people who are living with chronic disease, you need to take care of what's going on up here. Mm. You know, uh, depression, anxiety, those are two like legit comorbidities that go along hand in hand with cystic fibrosis, but not just CF. That, that goes along with any chronic disease that anyone's going through. Um, it takes a toll on your mental health. And so <clears throat> it doesn't have to be yoga. That's just what it was for me. You know, for you, it might be cycling for you it might be swimming for you it might be crossfit <clears throat> but doing something that actively moves your body but also gives you time to like find clarity and and listen to your breath and slow things down like that is so crucial and that's played a pretty big role in like me protecting and maintaining my own sanity especially now with like everything that we're going through with covid Mm-hmm. um that mixed with like two other things which is having a, a solid crew around me of people that I love and that I trust and that that only lift me up and then uh the my love of laughter like those those three things are like the things that keep me just mentally sound I guess the fourth thing would be cre- like like stimulating my creative. I have this like I have this need to create yeah. and if I don't do that I get really sad. But so, so that too. So four things. That's that's the, my personal.
0: No, I mean I mean those are all pretty beautiful and and I think it's pretty uniform for a lot of people around the world, man. Like moving yeah. uh taking time for clarity like mm. which I think maybe the, the gift of covid has been people might have more time for that. I don't know if they are, but, uh, certainly I could say that it's, it's essential, Ooh. you know, and, um, you hit the nail with the, the mental side, you know, like I, we see it every day in the ICU, those that are more struggling with their mental health, their recovery is slower. They're not getting yeah. out of bed. They, yeah. they, uh, they come off the ventilator slower, you know, like, so it's, it's so important and it ties and I mean, mental health ties into everything as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, and then um, the, I think this is where you and I have a lot in common and I think I need a little bit more of this in my life. Personally, it was the, the laughter side, you know, yeah. just, yeah, not, I mean, yeah, we're talking specifically in chronic illness, but in just in life in general, I think, you know, yeah um ask yourself are you are you laughing enough like there's no um I don't know it's just it brings you back to when you were innocent happy it's like and it creates a community sometimes like you're usually not laughing on your own you're usually with your loved ones you're usually with your friends the people that lift you and and create that atmosphere where you're having a good time you're talking about you know Uncle Jim at the dinner table when he's tickling off his shirt and talking about a ghetto meeting call, like it just like all these things I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, are yeah. Uh, um, yeah. important for uh, for uh, getting through life.
1: Um, and, so yeah. and and you know, like la- laughter isn't <clears throat> laughter isn't just like a isn't just a um, you know. Oh, I like I want to find laughter because it's it's because because it's fun like it's not just because it's fun it's not just because it it it's like you know the 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 path that is less less enjoyable like laughter has a has a a scientifically proven like legitimate positive effect on your body like to the to a cellular level like it it is it's releasing endorphins it's like it's boosting your your immune cells it's it, it, like you know inf- in infection fighting antibodies like it like it literally is like boosting your existence to yeah. laugh like it is it is it, it, it creates a a, a ch- chain reaction within the body that only helps that only bolsters your your health and your your longevity you know so like <clears throat> you don't have to um and for people that are out there that are like, oh, but I like, I'm, I don't have a good sense of humor, like, you I like, no, I like, you the, do. Voice,
0: I like the voice you go to there. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, listen, Wilbur, well, yeah. I, 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 this <laughs> yeah. is not funny at all.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's like if you don't have people in your life that make you laugh. There are so many things that exist out there that can make you laugh. It's like for me, it's I love stand up comedy. Oh I man, stand up comedy, isn't I love the, Isn't that ca- the
0: best? It's so Stand, great. It's so great. and the other thing about people don't realize about stand-up is like how diff they how difficult it is. Like, oh like you can have the best never. content. Like I've seen these guys with the best, like they're smart. They're writers, oh, yeah. they have the yeah. great uh material, but the delivery oh, yeah. is off. It's just like yeah. a um, um and vice versa. Some guys that are not funny at all, but the way they deliver, you know, like it's just yeah it just, yeah it like jim, jim carrey
1: i never thought jim like jim carrey stand up to me yeah no it's not that funny but when, but you watch him and you're like okay like <laughs> this is, on paper whatever but like seeing you do it is great yeah yeah it's, i mean but, but again it's like there's stand-up there's there's sketch there's you know there's silly shit that exists on the internet like books comic books like there's so many things that we can that you can find to make you laugh yeah. um and, yeah.
0: and you know, and it also it, it kills a couple of birds too with the like once again the communities at times, but also the creative side too. Like, uh, yeah. one of our um, one of our uh, biggest connectors in med school was we had we had med show where you do create these skits that were unfortunately you guys,
1: that? You guys did that at your med school too. They oh, do yeah. that at Dow, they do it's, that at it's Dow down everywhere. Housing, med school yeah, as they well. do it
0: everywhere. They canceled ours for a bit because we were a bit <laughs> off like we we took things a little too far. That's cool. But,
1: uh, I thought that was something that was unique to Dell. I didn't realize that was like kind of a like a sort of tradition that all med schools go through. That's really
0: neat. No, no. And everyone does it to a different scale. Like some, some of them do it like almost like a performance. Uh, but ours was like, well, borderline, uh, like dirty sketch comedy. (laughs) Like it was like, Half of us wearing clothes, yeah, yeah uh, right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it got. It got. Yeah, sweet. Uh, basically, sweet. they canceled it for a few years <laughs> after we were done. Um, but yeah, you get that creative side. You get that community. <laughs> um, the other thing I was gonna say too about the, the uh, how, tying in a lot, a lot of the stuff that you do is, you know, in terms of um, making room for clarity, like or time for like a uh, meditative practice, like it also enhances your creative side. You know what I mean? Like having that time to Mm. really digest and, and take a step back and, and not fill your schedule. Um, like think about how many times, like whether it's writing or guests you decide to have on your podcast, whatever, how many times it happens while you're just in the shower doing shit? You know what I mean? Like where you're just like, Oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. Or I don't know, you're going on a walk with no no tunes or some shit. Like, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, it's an important Mm -hmm. part of, um, I think for creating uh, uh, creativity. Um, a couple other things I want I want Ooh. to cover for sure, Jeremy, because um, you have a very unique perspective. We have a lot, like our, our target audience is healthcare providers, for real. Like young healthcare providers, because they're going to change that boogie, okay. make a difference in the yeah. world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think you, you got to, you probably have a lot to say about g- navigating the system. Like I think on your show we were talking about how like a lot of stuff can get siloed. Like if, you know, I I don't know if, Mm -hmm. because you don't have a lot, I'm assuming you have a lot of specialists that you'll need to see gastroenterologists, respiratory uh, Mm -hmm. specialists, all these things. Like, is there, Mm -hmm. is there lessons or or things that you'd want to tell the medical community to be able to improve the experience of whether it's CF or anybody with chronic disease? You know, I, I,
1: I love and hate that question. I, I hate that question because I feel like I don't have enough to offer that I, that I should mostly because and I have to be really like really honest here. The, the majority of my experience when it comes to the, with, with healthcare providers has been amazing. The IWK was fucking amazing. The, the, the physicians, the specialists, everyone who's who, who I came in contact with there was amazing. Transitioning to the adult clinic was a scary, um, tr- you know, is a scary transitional process. But once I got in there, it, again, it was amazing. Like all, mm. all, the whole team is great. So, I haven't had much issue with with going through the system when it comes to like the CF clinic specifically, but one thing that I have noticed, especially after doing, after getting involved with sick boy and kind of going down this road and, 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 and having more and more opportunities to like speak at different conferences is, um, it's just noticing the lack of, of digital health solutions. Like that's something that, that, you know, when we look at government and the way that government works, it's so fucking slow. Anything, you know, if we, if, unless there's a goddamn global pandemic, <laughs> anything that we want to see changed takes years and years and years because there's Amen. all these, all these ladders and all these hoops that things got to go through. And it's just, it's just like a bureaucratic red tape bullshit mess. It seems to be the same way when it comes to public health, you know, there's like there's these solutions that we could see or have that exist that like, for example, this right here, what you and I are doing, we are Mm -hmm. sitting on zoom having a conversation. I see you, you see me. We've been talking for almost an hour. We're able to connect as humans, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This is valuable. This is valuable for your podcast. This is valuable for me in terms of like, you know, starting my day. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to go off and have a have a great fucking day now because this is how I started it. What's up? Uh, Thank you so much for that. Um, (laughs) Thank you. you Now let's take this scenario and apply it to somebody who needs to see or, or be heard by a healthcare professional. Well, this year, this fucking super easy thing that not only can I do on this laptop I'm talking to you on, I can also do it from this computer that I have in my fucking pocket all the time. Yep. Um, it's not possible. It's for some reason not possible in, in such large swaths of the country. Something so simple that I'm sure, I'm sure is like, I'm sure it's happening somewhere, but it's not happening here. It's not. It's not taking place like it's not taking place at the CF clinic in Halifax. It's 2020, I mean, y'all. It, it's. It's, dude. We literally live. You know what we we live in the year. We live in the years after Blade Runner was set in. We literally live in the fucking future, and we haven't figured this out. Give me a break.
0: I still have a physical pager, my friend.
1: Yeah, like that. that is crazy. A pager. That is crazy. Fax machi- completely- machines in this
0: month. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. You have hit the nail on the coffin. There's no excuses. No excuses. There's no excuse. Yeah. There, and like when yeah. it comes Anything, to like... And, 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 yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Jer.
1: Well, I was going to say like, you know, it, like, it, I, and I don't buy the argument that it's like a, it's a financial thing, a financial burden. That's... It's a cost saver. That's bullshit. It's a cost saver. Yeah. At a yes. hospital,
0: at a societal level, it's a for like for everybody. You're an employer. It's a cost saver. It's nonsense that mm-hmm. we haven't adopted some of these technologies. Mm-hmm. And mind you, as you said, it took a pandemic to do this. Our fourth episode was on on uh, virtual health and be able to t- uh, mm-hmm. connect uh, mm-hmm. patients with their, uh, like through uh, Zoom and what have you. Mm-hmm. And the tech is there it 's just the adaptation yeah. and the buy in yeah. hasn 't been and, there because and, it's uh, yeah. it, for no good yeah. reason yeah. Except yeah. For and, and not even, not
1: even not even to connect though not even to connect but even from like a, even from like a records perspective you know it 's like take you know if 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 someone moves from province to province to like to get to have their info um, <clears throat> like you know everything's a click away. Everything in the world is a click away until it has to do with our healthcare records. Yeah, You know, cause it's like, I don't know, like we're still, we're still fucking printing it and putting it in like a, a, a manila folder and, 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 and putting it in a goddamn, you know, filing cabinet that exists in a basement somewhere. Come on. Like this, we like, if it's 2020. Like that's the, that is the one thing that like, we could, we really could see massive positive effect and change. Um, and, and yeah, so like for the, you know, for the people coming up, for the people that are in med school, the people that are, that are like, that are going to be going into the system. I mean, <clears throat> I know that, it, I know that someone who's like in their third year med school, Thinking that they want to be internist is probably thinking, "Well, I I don't know what I can do." Just tell you what you make noise, do. make noise about it. You oh, know, God. like the more this, noise you make, the more the more we're gonna see change.
0: Yo, this is what this show is all about. Just don't don't accept it. Just there's no
1: reason if you sh- you want to see the change,
0: be the example. Hey, I connected with my family through this platform that uh, this, um the other day v- virtually. It seems to be going well with that with that family. Hey, Doc, uh Mantang, mm-hmm. you want to you want to try this out? Yes. Hey, maybe you should talk about it on your show. Yes. Maybe let's try and increase the awareness about mm-hmm. this. Yes. Let's change that boogie. Stop saying. Stop complying yeah. just because uh, your older preceptor said this is this is not the way to do it. No, man, hustle. Yeah. Your patience Now, we're, now we're beyond that. Oh man.
1: <clears throat> no, I just if we can if we can it, yo. If we can, if we live in a time where we can see a vaccine get made and approved potentially in less than a year, <laughs> like, you, when you put it into perspective right, like get that to a point where, like,
0: you when know, you like that's crazy, that's wild.
1: Like, like be- oh man,
0: there's there's so many there's so many tooth bombs. There, it's it's true. It's just a matter of it being a priority and yeah. having that willingness to change and embrace Ooh. innovation. And unfortunately, my like my environment colleagues, whatever you want to call it's is just, there's is, a uh, roadblocks everywhere, but yeah, it's, you know, old school thinking, <clears throat> but we got, we got to shake it up, y'all. That's why, yeah. that's why we're, that's why you guys are listening now for real. Um, Ooh. listen, Jerry, any parting words, like in terms of, um, like once again, you have this unique perspective where you you have, a terminal illness, you know, you, we're all going to die, as you mentioned before, but you know, you, you're, you've had to live with this for, with knowing this for 22 plus years. And I guess, is there any kind of maybe parting words that you'd want to say to people in terms of living their best life or having this perspective that you've uh, appreciated? Parting words. Um... Is that dark? Did I say parting words? Uh, no, 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 okay. no. I
1: don't think so. Uh, okay. I'm just thinking about that. Now so you know, all, all of our. I mean, I th- this might be this might not be relatable to everyone, but I feel like it must be. All of our favorite television shows have a definitive end. Mm-hmm. Any TV show that doesn't have that 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 doesn't have a, a finale gets old and sucks after a while. It just gets, it just gets tiresome and you get over it and we're done. The best shows, the best series, the best television series are the ones that have a really good definitive ending, a beginning, a middle and end. And your series finale is right around the corner. Just as mine is just as everyone else's is. And so fucking live your life to be the best television series you could ever have been in, you know, you're the star of your own show. Make it a good one. Make it worth watching. Make it something that HBO would want to put up and, uh, and, and show their audience, like make it the most quality television you can make. Uh, I live my life through the, the, the lens of cinema. Like everything, everything I do, I just, I just, I find the beauty of like, of cinema in life. And that's one of the things that I, that I like to think about is like, you know what, this is my series. It's going to have a season finale. The season finale is coming. It's going to go out with a bang and everything that has been squashed within that small box set, that DVD box set has been fun, fascinating, hilarious, sexy, scary, dramatic, beautiful with a great soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i i love it and you know i my my series would be the wire personally that i'd be aspiring for but yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but uh no man that's a great way to frame it jeremy and i i i just want to celebrate you my friend because you're a gift man you truly are a gift to to be able to bring this message to bring this perspective to so many people and you know, we're going to do our part, too, to be able to, to, to bring that mm. message of live your life now, um, appreciate the ones that you love, laugh, you know, have mm. kind of that creative mm-hmm. side. Um, it's, it's also important, and uh, we love you, man. Thanks so much for doing this, my friend.
1: It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks, man.
0: Oh, one last thing. But where, do, where do we find you, dog? Where do we, get, where do we find more Jeremy oh, Saunders uh, and Sick
1: Boy <laughs> flavor? Sorry, my at, no, it's all good. At Sick Boy Podcast, wherever you, you know, all the socials and at Jeremy Saunders. Jeremy with an I.e. because I think my uh, I don't know my dad must have been smoking something when he named me. <laughs> named me Jeremy with an IE. Middle name Sebastian. We we're not there's it, it's so French. There's not a there's not a French bone in our body. Anyway, Do you at you Jeremy
0: any Exxon degree ex- <laughs> or Exxon Grab no, in there? No,
1: God, no, no, none of that. That's that would just confuse things even more. Uh, Yeah, at Jeremy Saunders and at Sick Boy Podcast.
0: Love you, buddy. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was so funny. (laughs) Tell me that wasn't fresh. Jeremy Saunders. I love this guy, man. Uh, Let me tell you, you guys need to hear more of him on Sick Boy and his crew. They're amazing. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Quadcast. If you want to leave any comments, leave them at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating on, on wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps with the visibility of the show. Listen, guys, thank you so much. We love you all, and we'll connect again real soon. Peace.